0: has to be some kind of an explanation for what I've seen tonight. I'll sort the shit out later, but right now there has to be some kind of a simple fucking explanation. Anyway, your books suck.
1: You must try reading my new one. The others have it quite in effect, but this one will drive you absolutely mad. Welcome to The Last Theater on the Left. My name is Chris. And my name is Joey. And welcome back to the final episode of the John Carpenter Apocalypse Trilogy. This is, of course, The Last Theater on the Left, which you can find on cnjradio.com to listen to our talks about The Thing and about Prince of Darkness. And tonight we are talking about In the Mouth of Madness.
0: Yes. So this is the third time the world would have ended, like you said, if, if if left unchecked. Sure. So this is how the world truly ends?
1: This is apparently so, because this is the one that got away like towards the end of this movie. Not, we're not doing spoilers in the beginning, but yeah, this is the one that where uh, the world probably ended in a certain way with this one. So it is, I guess it follows that ramping up of like, they're not sequels, but like the thematic thing ramping up like more and more so
0: yeah i have a lot more to say on the back end of this sure what it reminds me of and right and stuff like that so
1: yeah it does remind me of a lot of stuff some very blatantly obvious and some of it maybe not so much and some stuff that maybe this influenced a little bit
0: yeah that i kind of see it didn't have enough raptors for my taste but (laughs) right (laughs) because when you see sam neill i think most people of our age that's what we expect to see now. Of course, yeah. I, I haven't seen a whole lot of his films. I didn't even think about that until really started watching this.
1: I guess I haven't really either. Um Sam Neill is of course the star of In the Mouth of Madness. He goes mad throughout this thing. Oh, oh,
0: it's because he's a proper actor. Like he's he does like Shakespeare type stuff. Yeah, (laughs) that's that's why I don't see him so much. It's (laughs) not hating, but right. Yeah,
1: (laughs) and that's kind of the thing that we were talking about with uh, Donald Pleasance, like adding that that gravity to the role because he's such a great actor and such a great human being and uh, Sam Neill does that in this movie because he is great and this is a pretty cheesy movie and it goes (laughs) off the rails and it's kind of wacky and it's kind of silly but his performance, even though it does get a little bit silly at times too, it fits with the whole theme of madness and just watching his face and watching his bodily movements as stuff is happening, it's really great to watch.
0: He lets out one of the great classic actor uses of the word fuck <laughs> like halfway through the film legit yeah. and he holds that you with the, uh fuck that yeah i mean sorry to be so crass right up front but like that really stuck out like yeah that was an interesting choice he made i guess he was just like let's just go for but it yeah i think this was the kind of movie where
1: i'm sure carpenter was like yeah just whatever you feel just go with it because yeah. that's kind of how this movie was <laughs> yeah so yes, In the Mouth of Madness came out in 1994. We had talked a little bit about the budgets of his of Carpenter's Apocalypse Trilogy in the previous ones. Yes. This one was in the mid-range, actually. This okay. was a bigger budget than Prince of Darkness, but not as big of a budget as The Thing. Oh, well, that's good. And I think it shows. Like, yeah. you, can, you can tell with all of it, because yeah. there were creature effects in this one, and they weren't as good, I don't think, as The Thing. Yes. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and you had thirteen years to evolve it, and and people had moved on. Like yeah. Rick Baker had even gotten more sophisticated. Stan Winston had got who who did who did the makeup that affects this? Do I don't know. know? I, didn't, I didn't. I mean, I don't want to disparage as, somebody.
1: Yeah, and it's not something. It's I, not any of those Hall of
0: Famers, though, is it?
1: I don't think so. Okay, but I mean, it wasn't bad, and they were shot around a lot, but at times they were just kind of silly. Like yeah. some of them, in particular, I yeah. can think of.
0: And without getting into spoilers. Obviously the the character that is discussed the main idea of this is the horror novel writer Sutter Kane. Yes. Who is obviously Stephen King. Yeah, or at he, least that's the kind of hype that they're going for here.
1: It's it is an amalgamation of Lovecraft, the Lovecraft style combined with Stephen King as a modern author, and that's very clear because if you look at Sutter Kane Stephen King S C. It's the same yeah. thing. Yeah. Almost the exact same number of letters in their names: Cain yeah. and King, and Sutter and Stephen. So they just switched
0: the, the C and the K, I guess. Yeah, yeah. And, and so
1: they have. It looks the when you look at it because there's lots of novels in this yeah. book. You, when you look at it, it looks the same. It looks like Stephen King is printed on the top.
0: It looks like a like the the ones that came out in the 80s, kind of yeah. the first ones that we saw. It's the same font, yeah, same type, and everything. And you know, we're talking about the budget, this looks like. I hate to say it like this I'm just being shitty now but it looks like a TV film that was based on a Stephen King novel like the way the way it goes down, really, for the most part, for me. Uh, I don't and, know. A lot of that's the small town stuff. Yeah. It does have a that. massive Stephen King feel to it. The and setting, yeah. Yeah, it looks like one of those movies. You yeah, know, mix, mixed mixed with Mixed with a little bit of Silver Bullet and stuff like that. Yeah, because King is
1: famous for, I mean, he has a show on right now called Castle Rock. <laughs> right. Because he's famous for setting a whole bunch of his stories in the same general area in Maine. This one takes place in a small town. It's not Maine.
0: It was still like kind of New Englandish, yeah, it's you know, New England <laughs> direction
1: from here. Yeah, Hobbs, Hobbs End. Yeah, right? yeah, Hobbs End is the fictional, or maybe not fictional, Ooh. location of all of the weird lovecraftian monsters and old gods or old old ones i think he calls them in the sure. movie which is pretty yeah. much lifted straight out of a lovecraft novel yeah
0: um a little bit of zoltan hound of dracula uh, yeah. i just wanted to get that one in there yeah. and uh, yeah, times nine <laughs> right
1: i can see what you're saying about the the setting and everything looks yeah it looks like a stephen king thing I thought you were referring to like the look of it and the filming and the quality of the work which I think I think the quality of it still looks it looks like a 90s movie to me yeah, because yeah. of the way it's shot and the, the, the depth of field that that they use at the time the, the, yeah. the, the type of film that they use you can tell if you look at a few seconds of a 90s era horror movie you can tell it came from then just like you can the 80s or 70s or whatever
0: this thing really had uh it it can only go up for me like because it's the first time i've seen it and i had to buy a dvd copy (laughs) of it and you know because i I think actually scream factory just put out a blu-ray of this recently with the cool new artwork that they do and i love that with the flip option that's how we watched Prince of Darkness is yeah. a, a screen factory Blu-ray yeah. so being a formatist a little bit here and you throw in the DVD and this is literally from the first year of DVD like, yeah. 96, 97, something like that. Yeah. You put it on, and, like, the menu just looks terrible. And you put on the thing, and then the first song starts, and it's a ripoff of Inner Sandman by Metallica. Yeah,
1: that was off-putting. For a John Carpenter movie to start with a song like that It was weird. Yeah. Especially after having watched these previous two. Yeah,
0: it's suffering from that Like, you go from that. the
1: great Carpenter score in Prince of Darkness yeah. and the Ennio Morricone score in The Thing, it's like... And then yeah. you get
0: this. You're like, oh, okay. Yeah. So it was. I guess we are in the 90s. Kept trying to ascend and it just never quite got there for me. And uh, the other things about the Stephen King things, without spoiling, we go way into the movie. The Sutter King character, when he's finally revealed, reminds me of the Randall Flagg character from the Stan TV movie. And. Even the whole way that certain things look towards the end yeah. really looks like The Stand. It so. does, yeah. <laughs> I
1: didn't really even think of that. I was yeah. getting vibes of, like, Dark Tower kind of stuff. Okay. Because, yeah. Um the novels, not the movie. Cause the Got movie, you. Yeah, the movie was not anything like the novels, <laughs> like, at all. Like, not even close.
0: Apparently um, I dodged a bullet by not seeing it from yeah. what I'm told. Like it, it was supposed to be like this tremendous eight parter and now it's gonna be a one parter It's not worth it. It should've it should have been a
1: television series.
0: But Yeah, in this day and uh, age anyway, yeah. so we don't get into Dark Tower. <laughs> we'll get into that later. Do That's... you read Stephen King? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs>
1: but it because the without spoiling the Dark Tower, the <laughs> whole thing is Stephen King. Whatever was in his brain after all these years of writing is involved in the Dark Tower. His books are intertwined, and they all kind of converge in different ways. So it's like a big shared universe. The Stephen King universe all in one series. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of what the idea was here with In the Mouth of Madness, is that Sutter Kane is this author. He is the most famous author in the world, apparently. He's been... He's been transcribed into 18 different languages. I remember remember that. They said that twice. (laughs) Yeah. So, and they even referenced Stephen King in the movie. They were like... Since it was so blatantly obvious that that's who they were basing this writer off of, they were like, oh, he's he's outsell Stephen King.
0: Yeah, he's got nothing on this guy. It makes him look like, you know, Dr. Seuss or something by comparison with the material he's throwing down. But
1: it is a spiritual successor, I guess, if you will, to Lovecraft because Lovecraft did... Right, all of his stuff basically happened in the same universe as well and some of the old gods and things did cross over i believe haven't read a ton i've read some lovecraft but yeah it was all about this mythology that he created and he built all of the stories off of that and that's what this is as well
0: yeah that that's why i'm struggling here like not only have i never seen this film in advance i've read zero lovecraft i know a little bit about it and i kind of feel like someone that's trying to talk about something they don't know a whole lot about so that, that this is why i'm going to be extra goofy on this episode well, i'm sorry
1: well did you like the movie? did you have a <sighs> good time separate it from the other john carpenter works and as if you didn't know who made this
0: sure would you have enjoyed it i i, I would not consider it an extreme waste of time yeah Uh, For me, with movies like this, where I'm just kind of indifferent and I know that I probably won't rewatch it, potentially, like, I'm not going to aim for it, for sure. sure. But it was the little things for me, just as as a watcher and not approaching this as a Carpenter fan, like you say. Uh, Some of the actors. I enjoyed enjoyed the randomness of about three different actors in here, and I was like, oh, wow, that person, Charlton Heston, first of all.
1: That seemed like a cameo, like how much budget went yeah, into him exactly. just
0: like you know i'm not saying he's commanding marlon brando numbers from superman 1 yeah, but it's charlton heston but it's charlton heston and he cost a few bucks yeah <laughs> like i forget the guy's name he's got an amazing name that german actor who we had seen you know for a few minutes in die hard oh, you yeah. told me he was vigo from ghostbusters too yeah and that's awesome and then i find out it was a tie in to cnjradio.com the wrestling house show the flagship he was a freaking professional wrestler yeah. in the 50s Guy died like fifteen years ago, mm-hmm. but so that means he was like a teenager, which is what you do when you wrestle overseas. You get into it when yeah, you're a teenager, yeah. and so this guy lived a full life. He's got all these movie credits, plus he was a pro wrestler, yeah. and uh, he's got a couple of crazy scenes in this too. I won't give them away. Yeah, um, and he, he's a, he's a he's one of, he's the harbinger of the town, yeah. basically. Yeah, or he's he's a realistic harbinger that's kind of your friend. He's kind of the <laughs> conduit.
1: He's the okay. guy I would say. Because he actually talks... uh, Sam Neill's character is named John Trent. He's the one that talks with Trent and isn't like, the beast is coming or whatever. He's like the beast is coming you might want to get out of here because bad stuff's happening he's
0: he's he's the realist yeah yeah Yeah, he's so he's not the harbinger the harbinger is the freeway actually like the road is literally the harbinger there was
1: because there was the the kid on the bike that turned
0: into the other thing on the bike yeah yeah (laughs) uh so there's that there's that and um happy gilmore's grandma right (laughs) so those are the three things i was kind of like huh all right, I mean that kind of guided me along, and they all yeah. showed up in different parts of the movie. Yeah. Well, Bernie Casey, I Bernie love Casey. Bernie Casey. Yeah, he's real early. Yeah, he's, he early. Role, but yeah, he's yeah. right there in the, in the beginning. I thought I was gonna yeah. see more of him. That was disappointing. I like Bernie. Yeah. So yeah, some fun character actors in there, and, yeah. and I don't think any of them are with us anymore. That's that's kind of random and weird and strange. Yeah. Well. Um, yeah, I think Sam Neil's the only one alive in this whole movie still. <laughs>
1: um, I think <laughs> basically, uh, I think the guy that plays Sutter Kane <laughs> is. I've seen him in some movies over the past few years. Jürgen... Yeah, yeah. Jürgen Prochnow. Another great name. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> A very super German. <laughs> yeah, very German. He, he was in Das Boot. He was like oh, one okay. of the guys in Das Boot was yeah. like... And then, because I recognized him right away, so I looked him up right away just to make sure I was remembering correctly. He was in House of the Dead. He played Captain Kirk in House of the Dead, the captain are, of
0: the boat. You, you actually like House of the yeah. Dead. I've still never seen that. I, I haven't seen Das Boot either, yeah. so I'm, I'm
1: guilty on both fronts. He was in Beer Fest, too. So oh, his, seen that. His stock has kind of dipped a little bit, <laughs> but I love him in everything yeah. he does. He's hilarious. He's great in house of dead is a terrible terrible movie he's he's fun in it because he looks like he doesn't care at all about what he's doing awesome yeah but so the, movie, is that a ua Ball?
0: yeah okay it is.
1: yeah it's the only one that i will watch repeatedly
0: yeah people remake these movies you know all the time not not these particular movies yeah, right. but i just thought man if they start doing it again with just anything they should just uh, just reverse directors so how about ua Ball does beer fest and uh sorry i'm going way far <laughs> out of it's kind of like the journey that sam Neil has right. <laughs> yeah. i'm bringing it back but uh yeah, this is where my brain is right now. I I don't know what to say, Chris. Take it take it back away from me. <laughs> it's a, I got UA ball directing Beer Fest. I'm losing my mind.
1: Yeah, let's just wrap up the like non-spoilery cuz I want to talk about some of the stuff that happened in okay, the movie. Good, good. So the basic setup, the basic review, the like 2-minute review is Sam Neill is an insurance investigator, I think, for mm. I don't know exactly what his title was, right. but he investigates insurance claims for fraud. And we see that in the beginning with one of Carpenter's stable of actors gets uh, caught in a lie yeah. um, by Sam Neill in the very beginning. And so that's his character. He doesn't really believe anything. Yeah. And so. Well,
0: and the guy that was lying was in Prince of Darkness. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> so that's, that's Sam Neill's character. So when he is brought in to look for Sutter Kane, who has gone missing, he smells a rat immediately. He's like, I don't believe this. I think this is a stunt. I'm going to go anyway to humor you. And that's basically what his character does. For a lot of the movie, he's humoring these people.
0: Well, everybody has a price.
1: Yeah. And so, long story short, he gets mixed up in Sutter Kane and this fictional place of Hobbes' end that he actually does end up finding. And it out Well, he out doesn't find it. Well, he yeah. He's just, he's yeah.
0: sleeping in the car, and then the woman gets there somehow right. by some weird virtual electric plane. <laughs> right. Actually, in at any because at one point it's like they're flying in the air in a plane, yeah, yeah. but she's still driving the car. Yeah. And then they're on. Is it, is there is that intentional? Plane um, and plane. I don't think so. Is that more Maybe. thought out than anything I this think movie so. possibly yeah. could? Okay. all right <laughs>
1: um but yeah so weird stuff happens and that's the movie it's a descent into madness for the character of yeah. sam Neil, or is it but they spoil well, they
0: spoil right up front in the movie that he's committed yeah so now that's you have to thing. figure out how he okay. gets there do you think they, they
1: messed up by doing that i think a little bit so let's go ahead and wrap up <laughs> i'm gonna say would you recommend this movie for people to watch if they're a fan of john carpenter or not or does that make a difference
0: I I think it kind of does. I mean, if you're a Carpenter completist, yeah, you gotta see it. Yeah. But I, I don't honestly think I'd recommend it. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I, I think there's other stuff to watch.
1: <laughs> I would say it's fine. It reminded me of the movie Identity, which came out in the early 2000s. Just in the fact that, like, how they were all kind of trapped. Um, it is another one of those movies where it's like you're trapped somewhere and there's weird stuff happening. I don't think it's a very smart movie, even though it tries to be. But I think it's an okay, fun movie for people who have a forgiving nature, which you kind of have to have with 90s era horror movies like this. Okay. So I would say, if you find it cheap, maybe give it a watch.
0: Yeah, like a a clearance bin or something. Yeah, if you find
1: a clearance this is a clearance bin
0: recommendation for me. You know, it doesn't free stream anywhere right now, which is kind of odd. Not that I know of, yeah. So,
1: yeah. Alright, so we're getting to get into spoilers now because I want to talk a little bit about some of this here and there. Uh, So if you have not watched the movie, and you care to, after that resounding recommendation from the (laughs) two of us, then go ahead and pause right now. Okay. Alright,
0: so... So is that a mistake, Chris? The question I I just asked you.
1: That was one of the things that I was thinking about, because I had finished watching this a couple days ago, Had had a little bit of time to think about it. I would rather have seen this end up being more of a question of whether or not sam neill had gone insane rather than a factual yes well it's not really even if he went insane or not i would rather have had him stay in that cell and not seen anything outside at the end of the movie oh. so there's the question of is stuff really going on out there or not or is it all in his head
0: yeah because they they don't leave it to question you're right after that and yeah. and that would make a neat ending
1: yeah i don't like necessarily that they started him in the cell because the movie's called in the mouth of madness we know stuff's gonna happen sure but we don't need to know where he's gonna end up
0: yeah yeah because a lot of the drama is missing in the movie like the thrills and chills of it all is that they even show that he's stuck in this town and can't get out but now you know. We know he gets out. Yeah. And then the only thing that else that could make it scary possibly is that that's part of the town that he's actually in. Yeah. If there but... had
1: been some sort of. Because there was no reveal at the end. There was no, no like surprise or twist. No. <laughs> it was like you said. He started in the cell. And basically the entire movie was just to get back to that beginning. But there's nothing really after that. Oh. He watches the movie that we watched. But that's kind of a cheapo kind of. I feel like that's a little bit of a cheapo ending. it's like, yeah, okay, I get it. Oh, we're watching the movie. Are we going to go mad too? It's That's what that felt like. Yeah. It felt like a...
0: The body snatcher ending.
1: They're yeah. coming to get you now!
0: Run! Yeah,
1: a little the bit. The one that, that should have happened. The, right, that yeah. we were talking
0: about the other day.
1: So, I think that the structure of the movie... And there were a lot of kind of cheats in the movie. I understand that this is a movie about a guy that may be going insane or not. Yeah. But the cheats of... Okay, he got out, the fine, I can accept that, because he got magicked out of wherever. He took but, the magic bus. Yeah, <laughs> the, the magic blue bus. Yeah. But the the fact that when he goes back to Charlton Heston's character, and he said, oh, I never sent a woman with you. Oh, you, you gave me that manuscript, like, weeks and, like, last spring. Like, come on, like, show us something. There was, there was just so many gaps at the end, and yeah. it was like, it kind of took me yeah. out of it. Because I was like, there's nothing to follow anymore. Yeah. We were following this character through this whole thing, but now it's just like, alright, pull all this stuff out and oh it's bad. Oh it's worse and there's no real kind of rhyme or reason yeah. for it.
0: So yeah, you wanted him to be the hero the whole time. I'm thinking about those like paranoia ones. Like yeah. like a good nineties example of a great paranoia of drama. Oh great as maybe a yeah overtly used term <laughs> but that movie breakdown with kurt russell okay it's very simple and the whole town's in on it and then like you look for him to be the hero at the end he finally gets that reveal yeah finally finds the the root of the tree of yeah. the paranoia and he confronts it and everything's cool at the end and that's kind of what you wanted for sam Neal. but then it just turns out that he he's he's like responsible for the whole thing now he's the one that gave it up He he turned in the manuscript. He he, made it spread. We didn't see him do it. Well, I mean, they're putting it at his door, and then he just kind of goes along with it because now he's still insane, and and like you know, because it cut all weird at the end because it showed that office scene, and and it was trying to. He's breaking out, and then he's and oh, I'll just. I'll, I'll kill a guy And go see a movie
1: That was the thing Is like I would I'm have Spoiling
0: this whole movie Well yeah it's, it's fine Spoiler talk
1: Yeah it's fine You By this point You've either seen it Or yeah. you don't care Yeah
0: So <laughs>
1: um, What I think What I think would have been A great ending yeah. Would have been Okay don't start in the asylum Just start in that scene With Sam Neill and bernie casey talking to the guy from prince of darkness
0: yeah do the pulp fiction open
1: yeah yeah start with that because you set up that character and that ties you to that character because you're like okay this is the dude that we're going to follow and then all that stuff happens one of the biggest like scenes for me that i thought was really cool was when the who we later find out is the agent uh attacks him with the axe and he's about to kill him and he gets shot Sam Neill does that at the end, end on that scene. Yeah. End there, because that's like that full circle thing. We don't know if anyone else is insane or not. We just know that Sam Neill is doing yeah. the exact same thing that this only one of the only other guys that read the book. Yeah. Where he's he's doing the same thing.
0: He basically gets committed on, on sale week for the book. Yeah. And he gets out just in time for the movie premiere. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, and that would have been a, a weird cool, arc.
1: It would have been a cool bookend, whereas I didn't really like the bookend of being in the cell because i thought it was i don't know i just didn't think it added anything i didn't think that what's
0: the agenda of the guy that interviewed him the whole time yeah it it was like
1: zero purpose other than just to get the narrative that's all it was it was framing to get the flashback uh, plot structure going
0: forward it was like the christian slater character in interview the vampire worked out way better than this guy this guy did nothing yeah he
1: was he was just there to listen so that we could see the flashback
0: yeah and then he was gone you would think that maybe, like he's in on it somehow, like on some higher level yeah. to to spread the word and, right. you know, he's. I have the information I need. It's on lockdown. You know, <laughs> right. like there's nothing. He didn't he just walked away, and then he had that weird side thing with the with yeah. the uh, the guy that's heading up the place or the supervisor yeah. that's clearly kind of going insane now. Right. It's just yeah. There's the not you lot of clo- yeah, yeah. There's not a lot of closure. Uh, For a lot of these characters.
1: Yeah, I think part of that was kind of the point, that there wasn't closure, because it was supposed to be open-ended, like, you're insane next, kind of thing. But, yeah, and I didn't really get the... I guess I get the connection, drawing all the crosses on on the wall. I get it, because he went to the big, like, anti-church or whatever, but it never really... it just felt in the beginning it was kind of interesting it's like ooh, why is he doing that and then at the end when you see it again you're like oh yeah, i guess and, you know <laughs> yeah. it's just one of those things yeah. so i don't know i think the structure hurt the story because i think there were some interesting things uh, i liked the general conceit of the movie the the setup of the sutter Kane character there were a few lines that he had in the specifically in the confessional when he uh He was on one side and Samuel Trent... uh, John Trent was on the other one.
0: That's one of the few good scenes in the film. I like that scene a lot.
1: Because he was basically saying... uh, It's a big philosophy slash religion type thing... Which is kind of the same thing. Sure. But it's like... He was saying... I have been... So many millions and millions of people have read my work... And they believe in my work... And if more people believe in this... He didn't say this specifically but that's what he was getting at more people believe in my books than in the bible so why is this not reality like if people believe this thing and then more people believe this thing why can't my reality supplant that reality yeah. i thought that was an interesting thing and of course you yeah. get the psychology of course that's not going to make stuff happen yeah. but it was it was a cool kind of thing for me
0: yeah that's why you're you're set it up front that's why this would have worked better as a mini series because it's almost like this would be a better movie if it was way longer and yeah. you know about three and a half to four hours you to could flesh out some, some stuff. Of yeah, just just like you know, I didn't hate the Stand or the Shining TV version. Yeah, um, that's probably the kind of treatment that this kind of material needs to have because it's so involved. It is a bunch yeah. of different stuff, and uh, that should have been the way to go for it. That that that's what it made it better for me.
1: Yeah, because when you look at just comparing this to I keep bringing up King, but yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, I mean it's clear. <laughs> I mean it's it, it has to be that way. Yeah. But if you look back to like the Thing and Prince of Darkness, it's it has these gigantic ramifications and this. We went on and on about the 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 philosophical kind of implications of both of those things yeah. when we were talking about them, and you can do the same with this one. But the story to this one, the plot, I should say, is there's it's so much more involved and it's so twisty and it's, it's one of those things where you can't really get it because you're not supposed to get it because it's a madness thing. Yeah. But in The Thing, it was these guys are trapped, someone's infected, go. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. In Prince of Darkness, it's these people are being infected, they're murdering people, go. That's yeah. it. But in this one, it's... He's trapped, plus people may be turning into monsters, but they might not. And there's this thing that maybe he's insane, but maybe he's not. We don't know. And then all the plot convoluted. She mm-hmm. has the keys. She swallowed the keys. There's the kid <laughs> on the bike. There's the kid. There's Hayden Christensen selling newspapers. So <laughs> yeah. it's, it's just so much more involved, and it kind of pulls you out of the type of storytelling that I think John Carpenter is best at, yeah. which is simple story tension and mood Yeah,
0: the only thing that makes this feel like a Carpenter movie at all in any way for me besides some of the monster effects yeah. uh, the last 5 to 10 minutes reminded me a lot of They Live not this, yeah. it, the ending, the last act yeah. especially but it, They Live is so much better the ending of that is so much yeah, better yeah. but it has that same kind of ending where it's just okay it's over now right like <laughs> yeah. like go, to, go right to black now yeah. and it's it's got that it's definitely still not even it doesn't even sniff that they live ending as far as being a cool ending yeah but it re- that's the only part that reminded me it's almost like that's the one thing they let him really do in this movie is like splice and edit the last three minutes of this whole thing yeah and He was just like screw it <laughs> that's what we're doing yeah i think
1: so because in a lot of his work he's not as jumpy as he is in this one because there's a lot of like and of course it's necessitated probably by the 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 script because the madness thing you get these flashes of like i am seeing all these different things but i think a lot of carpenter's work takes its time and it like sits there and it lets you it makes you sit in there with it with these characters but there's so much movement and there's so much mental action going on that has to be represented on the screen that it's kind of, it's really, really jumpy. Which is, I mean, that's fine. It's a different kind of movie. I think it's clear that John Carpenter didn't write this movie, um, which he didn't. But, I mean, it's clear just watching it, you would kind of know that he didn't.
0: Yeah. So That makes me feel a lot better. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think so, anyway. I mean, I, ha- I don't think I've seen all of Carpenter's stuff. Maybe I have. Maybe I, I don't remember. Because yeah. he's done quite a lot of stuff, but... I don't know. I think it was trying to emulate too many things and pay, pay homage, and I'm going to put it at the feet of the writer, a lot mm-hmm. of it, uh, Michael DeLuca. He did a few other things. He wrote Judge Dredd
0: Ooh. around the same time. Oh, he, uh, I he, saw that
1: one. He wrote Freddy's Dead, um, oh, uh, which is Which, is, which is the better
0: of the three. Yeah, For me, at least. Yeah. At, in my opinion, It's that's the best of three, and that's... Yeah.
1: <laughs> I think the appeal for In the Mouth of Madness is definitely just watching Sam Neill do his stuff. Yeah. Cuz he's yeah. he's great. I loved him in this um like Event Horizon, which I don't think was a terribly well-written movie. It was it was better, I think, than In the Mouth of Madness. But visually, a, visually stunning. Visually great, uh, and
0: it yeah. has definitely has some good legit scares in it. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: And I think that's um, that's one of the few like Paul W S Anderson movies that I actually like. They're actually good. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. those other ones are not good. But first, uh, Resident
0: Evil's fun. The rest of them are yeah. pretty unwatchable. Yeah.
1: But Sam Neill is kind of doing the same kind of thing in both of these, where he's going a little bit insane, and I just got some vibes from that with yeah. this one.
0: We still kind of relate to him throughout the movie because we kind of feel the way he feels. I think a lot yeah. of... I, I related to him a lot in this. Yeah. I guess it just... That's how it ends because that's just what this material is. Yeah. And yeah.
1: I liked his performance at the end. He's watching the movie of himself yeah. and he's got that laugh going, but then it's that side shot of the crying slash screaming slash laughing at the same time kind of yeah. into each other so. so that was a good take the so, only thing
0: that's missing in that scene is robert de niro in a hawaiian shirt that's what i thought yeah. and uh, yeah uh, two other callbacks to the uh last two carpenter films though you got the uh you definitely got the monster looking things from the thing and you got a church so yeah that, that's the uh That's the two things I think that actually tie this into those other two movies. Yeah. Despite the apocalypse feel, the fact that you had these contorted, mutated monsters and a church that will bleed sometimes.
1: Yeah, it's (laughs) definitely there's definitely body horror going on in all of them. Yeah. Um, There's more so in the first and the last, but there's a little bit in the middle one too. I liked the progression. Like the first one is science. It's alien. It's it's biological. It's a science thing. The second one is science meets religion and trying to mash the two together. Yeah. And this one is pretty much religion and philosophy. So there's like this. You can see a, a very clear trend through the three of them. Yes. I do think that they all have the theme of, I think I mentioned this earlier, being trapped. Um, one, they're trapped in, in the, the buildings there and in it's the, town in the first two. But in this one, it's a little bigger, but he's literally trapped in the town he can't yeah. get out yes
0: so. he's trapped in this uh in this town and in a cell yeah. and in his mind
1: yeah exactly so, so like there's, there's a big theme of being trapped one okay. one of the commentaries, I think it was on. I didn't watch the commentary for this one all the way through. Yeah, I don't know because, how you could. <laughs> well, I mean, I like John Carpenter. I oh, yeah. think he's. Great does he to do? Listen to. He does, does he the do? Carpenter. Okay. I want answers. He yeah. does the commentary with this one, <laughs> but I watched the first like 15 minutes of it. He's doing the commentary with like the lighting guy, and <laughs> it's basically just John Carpenter asking him, "Well, how'd you like this scene? Is that real light? What kind of lighting rig did you use in that?" he's trolling us yeah so i'm like it's interesting but <laughs> when i listen to those i kind of want to hear either stuff about how the movie was made story-wise or like funny set stories yeah. like one of those two things for the most part
0: <laughs> what's the rationale for a lighting guy unless it's like a porno or something right. and like hey for this side of the... okay maybe they but, got into
1: something else after that but i just was like mm, i'm just gonna watch something else very weird that's yeah but, I don't know, I I did like all of the connections to Lovecraft, like, I haven't read, like I said, a ton of it, but I've played some of the games based on Lovecraft, I like the idea of it, and it's clear, like, Cthulhu is pretty much in this movie. Oh, yeah, right? I, I, I did see that <laughs> yeah. in, in um, the hallway, yeah. The the woman in the Hobbs End, the Pikmin Hotel, Yeah. Uh, Pikmin is a direct reference to Lovecraft, Pikmin oh, okay. was a character... I think it was called Pickman's something. I don't remember what it was, but it was this guy that did paintings like the woman was supposed to have done that painting, and it was these ghastly things that he would would paint. But I didn't get that reference for that. I got that reference because of the game Fallout 4. (laughs) It's set in Boston, where the Lovecraft story, I believe, is set also in Boston. There's a serial killer named Pickman, and there's a mission called Pickman's Gallery where Mm -hmm. you go into this... It's it's a post apocalyptic thing, okay. And this dude murders people and sets up their bodies in these really gross, uh, like fixtures, like sculptures type thing. So, so that's where I got the reference. I looked it up because like, is that a Fallout reference or is that is Fallout a reference sure, to this because of that? Yeah. But then I found that it's actually a Lovecraft reference.
0: So you're saying Fallout Four is the sequel to In the Mouth of Madness, Chris? This is yeah, what sure. you're saying right
1: yeah. now? Yeah, yeah. Okay. The world ended, in okay. maybe one of those people that turned into a monster hit the nuke and there you go that's how it happened this is how the the world ends chris
0: (laughs) as this trilogy has shown us that the world ends with a whimper apparently yes Yes. at least for me it does is it unfair to say godfather 3 okay all right (laughs) all right
1: (laughs) i yeah i kind of wish that carpenter had been able to well i mean it's not even a real but we talk
0: about this yeah he probably had no plan for that yeah it just happened yeah
1: but definitely not my favorite of the series. Yeah. I guess the thing would have to be my favorite of the Apocalypse trilogy. I love, I adore that movie. Mm. I love Prince of Darkness too. I'm but torn. I'm I've torn. seen the thing more than I've seen Prince of Darkness over mm. the years.
0: I'm torn. That's one of those. They probably tie for me because it will depend on my mood. Yeah. So, yeah, that's true. Yeah. This one. The is The thing gonna... is a is a more well made movie overall. For sure. Yeah. Uh, usually the best of the three. Yeah. Uh, for that. So yeah uh watch those two um do what you want with that third that's that's yeah. on that's on you right you might go insane watching it right or at least uh you might fall asleep which uh <laughs> like, like, I, like someone in this room which yeah. i might have nodded off on the first attempt a couple of times uh yeah yeah but i i but i wanted to go back and rewatch from the part that i might have started falling off so i could right. give it a fair shake
1: yeah and we're kind of Sounds like we're talking bad about this the whole time, which it's just me. I think we just, (laughs) I think we just wanted more from it because we know like that. uh, Carpenter actually passed on the movie initially. He Uh got the script and he passed on it, and he came back to it. So I don't know. I don't know if that says anything about it. So I don't know. But I will say one thing before we get out of here: there was a movie within a movie in this in this movie. They when Sam Neill goes to the hotel after yes. he is transported out of the one thing before i get to that oh. what did you think about when sutter Kane started ripping at his face and then he ripped a hole in the paper and you see like the printed page on the back side and it kind of flips out into reality what did you think of that
0: that was a neat effect that i've never seen okay. it's cheesy but it's one of the better scenes in the film mm-hmm. for me it probably put a lot of people out of the movie immediately. Yeah, But not immediately. It was like more than halfway through. It was, yeah, it's pretty late. But, yeah, it's it's something differently. <laughs> you know you know me. I mean, no matter what yeah. I'm watching or yeah. what I'm listening to, I want to see or hear something that I've never heard or seen before. Sure. If you can show me something and it doesn't look terrible, right. I'll be like, oh, okay, yeah, we'll it, do that. I'm, I'm kind of easy. It was good sense. for
1: 90s era yeah. CG, I guess.
0: Yeah. there is it, Isn't it? freddy's dead where the the comic book uh dude or is that that number five five. i I can't remember remember. we'll get to that in a few months (laughs) but that yeah that kind of reminded me of the that comic book kill in one of the nightmare yeah i remember not liking that yeah i'm sure you didn't yeah
1: (laughs) (laughs) but yeah so the point i was getting to oh my thing i think that was kind of dumb but sure i i I knew i knew
0: i I, read you on that one i understood
1: it i just thought it would look stupid so But the thing I was going to say before we get out of here is when he, after that scene, that's what reminded me of it, right after that scene, he goes to the hotel, he's watching a movie, it is Robot Monster, and it is widely regarded as one of the worst movies of all time. Um, I believe Mystery Science Theater has has covered that. I believe Ah. it was the Joel era. So, I think that was a good idea, though, because I always say, if you put a movie in your movie, make sure it's not better than the movie you are making, (laughs) And that was a Chris Commandment. I they, they, love it, they, too. They looked at the bottom of the barrel, and they, like, looked underneath it, and they picked that one out of the very, very under bottom of the barrel, put that in the movie, so you look at that, and you're like, oh, well, In the Mouth of Madness isn't so bad.
0: Yeah. Okay. Dig it. But not this movie. Like, I I think I'm I'm going to go watch Robot Monster now. And see Yeah, I kind of want to watch
1: Robot Monster yeah. now. Of so. course, the Mystery yeah. Science Theater version. So maybe that backfired on him.
0: Yeah. See? I don't know. But I, I I dig that commandment. You need to, that needs to be one of your trademarks. Just keep <laughs> rolling. With it. Every time there's a movie in right. a movie, we need to reference it. Cool.
1: Will do. so. All right. Yeah. And you can hear all about it on The Last Theater on the left, which you can find on cnjradio.com with the family of CNJ Radio podcasts and websites and all of that stuff. We've already mentioned the Wrestling House Show, Joey's Rock Strikes 10, The Synaptic, and more stuff coming in the near future so check it out and go to our facebook and twitter and interact and it'll be fun for
0: everybody and i promise on my show i won't play a terrible bad cheap version of inner sandman (laughs) (laughs) all right all right enjoy the rest of the end of your world for the evening bye read such a game?